From a wide range of embroidery classes to talks and special events, Royal School of Needlework's International Summer School offers so much. Immerse yourself in the world of the RSN with its world-renowned tuition and treat yourself to this Festival of Stitch in July and August 2024. The Royal School of Needlework is offering four ways to get involved this year. You can join the International Summer School on-site at Hampton Court Palace and at the Royal School of Needlework Durham in the UK, as well as Lexington, Kentucky in the United States of America. There are also online classes available live so students can join in anywhere from around the world. There's a wonderful variety of techniques to explore for those who are starting out on their hand embroidery journey all the way through to advanced stitches. So whether you want to follow a kit-based design, explore your own creativity using your own materials in a more contemporary way, or focus on developing your personal design skills, there will be a class that appeals to you. The Royal School of Needlework International Summer School classes will provide experienced stitchers with an opportunity to engage in a longer or more advanced project while allowing those newer to the world of hand embroidery to try a shorter course to build and develop their skills. The full list of classes and more information about the Royal School of Needlework International Summer School is available at royal-needlework.org.uk with special offers for booking multiple classes and an early bird booking price available until the 29th of February 2024. Whether you're planning on attending in person, online, or a combination of the two, this is a fantastic opportunity to improve your stitching skills from one of the best schools in the world. Welcome to Needle Exchange, conversations on the art of thread. Sally Wilson is a UK-based mixed-media artist whose artwork has to be seen to be believed. This is the second part of our Needle Exchange, and in this conversation we talk about subjects including Sally's favourite band, favourite book, and an interesting fact that no one knows about her. But we also explore what it's like to be an art teacher, the value of that experience in shaping new creative minds, and also what life might have been like if she hadn't had the head injury that affected her so dramatically. Sally is a dynamic force. Her work is amazing. If you visit our YouTube channel, you'll be able to see more of it as you enjoy this interview. I love talking to her. I was so glad she took part in the prize and so glad that I got to meet her. If you enjoy the show, please share it with at least one person who you think would also get value from this. And if you enjoyed this episode, you might want to listen to our Kaz Holmes interview. Kaz is another artist who's fearless in her approach to mark making. Thanks for your time. I hope you enjoy the show. See you next time. So where's the trade-off then between, you know, like you get an idea in your head that you draw out and you create a sculpture and at a certain point, like, because they say, don't they, the secret to art is to know when to stop. So at a certain point you must go, this piece is finished. Do yeah. you sometimes go, this piece is finished, I uh, still don't really like it? Or do you go, this? do you have to be happy with it to finish it? Oh, or do yeah, you then totally. take them apart and rend it? Yeah, I, I, um, I'm 
if if I really are if I'm really not happy with something, what I tend to do is when I've when I've done a piece and I think it's at a certain state, usually um, uh, like a, a, a through way or something like that. So I'm not looking at it particularly. I'm just as I pass it, I glance at things. Um, and and over a period of time, um, when you're glancing at something over and over things start to sh show if they're working or not so it's like looking it's like when you get a piece of work and you look in a mirror i don't know if you've ever done that but if you sort of pick a piece of work up and you stand with it in front of the mirror and it reverses it that tells you usually if something works or not if it still looks good in the mirror it usually works and in the same way when i walk around and i've got pieces of work around me um after a week or two i will then decide if it if it's working or if it isn't if it isn't working if it's workable i will then go back to it and and try to solve the issue i can see with it if it then um becomes uh, a problem and i think i really can't stand that then i will start to cut up and i and Sometimes I, I will take an area of it and, and reuse and develop of bits that then might be used in a new piece. It's harder with sculpture uh, if you sort of start to take bits to take things to bits in a sculpture, then obviously you, you're getting smaller and smaller with what you can use. But again, it's that I, I, I can't stand to have anything that. Um, doesn't fit how I would want it to to look um, and that's a big one when I'm putting things into exhibitions or um, it has to at that period in time I have to believe that it is good enough um, I, I now look back and I see pieces um, you know I'm, I'm in my photo uh, collection of my pieces is just enormous uh, and I look back at a lot of my older work now and I think, oh, my God, what was I doing? But but that I know that is part of being an artist or, you know, part of being a creator is that that shows you've either improved or your ideas have developed. Um, hopefully that you've got better as well. I think I think that's it. I even it's not quite the same, but I look back at early issues of my cross stitch magazine and I cringe a little bit because of the way I'm producing them now and the way I used to. But like you say, yeah. I think that's probably part of the process and it's to not beat yourself up about what yeah. you've done in the past, isn't it? Just to know that you wouldn't be where you yeah. are now if you hadn't taken those steps in the first place. Yeah, and I think you're right with that. I think you have to at some point you have to leave it and you have to, you know, I, I come across old pieces of work and I think, oh my God, that's awful. And and I'm having to now stop myself almost destroying the work because I think, no, no, just, you know, the, that was when you um, had had just come out of rehab, you know, or, you know, or you were at that stage of develop, you know, and, and I suppose in a way they are, I'd, I'd quite like at some point to be able to have um, an exhibition that showed that almost. It's like that thing of from that step to that step um, where my work has developed, you know. Um, 
because it definitely has it's changed you know and, and my abilities have have changed um so it'd be interesting for, just for me even to be able to see everything you know in one place where um you get an idea of uh the work through those number of years do you think you would have a sense of had you not had the injury you were making sculptures you were making art can you get a sense of where you might have ended up without the injury and how far away from that you are because of the injury because your work's incredible and I feel like to me it seems like you would have ended up in this route anyway I wonder what your take on that is I think I would have done eventually um I mean the one thing when I was um teaching I absolutely loved it I just the the students that I taught were brilliant um and I the only thing that I always found really hard was um the rules or the rules of you know doing the paperwork and all that and I think the there probably would have been a point where I would have had to get out of that um scenario uh, at that time I think before I had my head injury I'd already dropped down to four days a week and I think I would have had to have leave le left teaching at some point um, and, and in a weird way the head injury although traumatic at the time was uh, sort of really good for me <laughs> I know that sounds weird but mm. it it made me have to reassess and re um rebuild i suppose rebuild my life um i i love what i do um i don't always um cope with it you know i don't really um have it's not an everyday activity particularly at the moment um but it's something that makes me buzz and makes me uh ultimately happy it also drives me mad uh there is a lot of swearing uh and a lot of um <laughs> frustrations uh but the the end result is that it's probably made me a better person as well i definitely get a feeling that the work that you're putting out there is work you have to make there's such an expression to it sometimes you see people and you just see like the character that comes out and the kind of just the sh it's like there's a sort of raw creativity but like I say I think that taps into your sculptural background your understanding of construction and and so you're just willing to go and explore these unusual ways of communicating yeah I think um I think my so in in the art world, uh, probably what I do is not really um, the the correct way to do it. Um, most artists are uh, designers or uh, creative individuals um, have uh, they create their own um, personality or technique or way that their work will look. So when you look at uh, majority of the way people work they uh, you can usually you can usually spot it you know if you if you go on and you're looking at mm. uh, images you can say that is so and so that is you know 
And I think that that's the one thing that um, I haven't really done. I haven't really um, gone down one one road of thought. Um, and that's partly, I think, because of my head injury. Because, because I can't concentrate for very long, I have to do all sorts of different things. Um, and that came up, I, I remember um, entering the National Open Art Competition uh, and I entered it, I think I entered it three years running uh, with different pieces. Um, and every time I turned up with my piece, uh, I, I remember turning up on one of the occasions and the lady said, I recognise you. And I said, oh, uh, oh dear. <laughs> and she said, and she looked at her list, she went, Sally Wilson. And she said, I didn't know this was your work. And I said, all right. And she said, but what you put in last year was totally different. And uh, and and then, you know, and I thought, uh, yeah, it is that thing that um, there is a, I know that what I do is everything has, is, I suppose, uh quite I, I i can see i can see uh, traits that are me in in all of my work but i suppose when you mm-hmm. when you're putting in a, a flat work piece and it's a drawing and then you put in a textile piece or you put in a sculpture for for everyone else it's like you know who are you yeah it feels like sometimes you get authors who write a lot of books about the same character but it feels like with you, you write collections of short stories and they're just different topics each time. Yeah, I think I think you're right with that. And I I I I think I'm loath to go down one route. So, you know, I I love I love wildlife, but I like looking at the way wildlife integrates with um man-made. Um I occasionally obviously do the um the, not particularly political, but things that are going on in the world today. I occasionally do that. And as, as I've said, not very successfully in terms of them being seen. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, take, I take a subject or I take a place or, and, and then I run with that idea. And, and it, you know, I think the only thing I don't do very much of I have done a little bit of it. I don't do very much people. Uh, and part of that is um, mm. I sort of, I can explain it. I, I've always found the sort of the per- people thing. Uh, when you're drawing and things like that, I think drawing it is maybe easier. Doing it in textiles, I've always found harder. Um, and I don't want to almost go into what other people have done. So there's a lady who does um, very sort of, she uses stitches to create faces. I can't remember her name, but she's bloody brilliant. And I love her work. But I think, well, if I were if I were to try that, I'm almost doing her work. So I don't want to do that. Um, mm-hmm. I've done caricatures, which, you know, probably in stitch is easier. But actually doing, uh, I did a, I did a couple of pieces about um, Piccadilly, I think it was, uh, no, um, Shepherd's Bush, uh, and I did some characters in that. Mm. But they were the most 
painstaking um, moments of my uh, textile, you know, and I just thought, really, I don't really want to be doing this on a regular basis, you know, so. Yeah. Are there, going to change direction slightly, you were an art teacher for a very long time. Are there things that you taught your students, like truths, that still hold up to you now? Like what, if you had to say, here's my three most important art lessons, what would they be? Oh, I'm a bit old fashioned. Uh, So I think for me, uh, drawing, drawing is a really big one. Um, And I know that with technology and everything as it's gone, um, I think there is less emphasis on that. But I think um, being able to everybody when you talk to anybody and you say to them do a drawing and they always go I can't draw everybody can draw it doesn't matter what you draw it doesn't matter how you do it the drawing is a brilliant way to sort of get you to understand things the other thing is behind you you have uh, all your threads or color color combination learning learning about um how color works is and it's one of the most Mm. basic things that anyone can learn so like the color circle that sort of thing so these are all practical things i suppose um but then the third would be um believe in yourself um and don't um don't be knocked down by people so I had quite a lot of students who um, had their own issues, either with life or with family life, or just they, they weren't um, they weren't what you'd call nice, uh, uh, quiet students. They were maybe maybe off kilter because they they were either struggling with their own issues or whatever um and quite a lot of the time um i would get a thing saying this student is going to be excluded or whatever and and i used to think this student mm. is bloody brilliant you know and i'd have to go go and talk to the upper people and say i'm sorry but i i don't agree you know this yes they might be having social issues or whatever um and I'd get, I, I would get the college to agree to allow them to do their art, but not be in the college. Um, and those kids then went on and are now, because they were given a chance. And, and so I think my only thing is, don't let, don't let establishments or people who, who you know, are high and mighty um, knock you down. As long as you've got the right, you know, as long as you you have something in you that wants to be a good person, uh, you, you've just got to keep searching for it, I suppose. Yeah, I like that. It got me thinking, actually, that being an art teacher is quite it's quite unique, isn't it? Because you can be a maths teacher and you can teach people that maths works and the outcomes are the same, or you could be a, even a design teacher, like the construction of it. But because art is such a personal expression, you 
other like you say you can teach the basics of illustration color theory construction but i guess there's a certain point when you just have to nurture people and and let let them believe in themselves enough to put their stuff out there yeah i think you you have to i think the the thing that's missed um particularly in art is that you still have a process and you still have to learn how to develop and to be able to do things on your own and i think when when a lot of both both students and parents and whoever when when kids start to do it um they just think that they're messing around i suppose art is messing around and actually it it you go through very structured ways of getting individuals to work through how they use the brain how they develop what they've started with um how uh to work that into different materials and then how to use all sorts of different techniques successfully um so it it's quite a an engrossing uh, an intense process and i think um that was probably one of the biggest things when you know when i was teaching I think students came in as well and thought, oh, I'm just going to be drawing or I'm just going to be doing this or, you know, and it, it's like any other subject. You, you have to go through uh, quite intense processes um, and that can, it can be positive or negative for students. So some students work really well with it. Others, you have to find an alternative route to allow them you know to to develop in the same way and it, i suppose that's what how i use it for me is i i use what i used to do with the students that te- the the best thing about teaching for me was you you sort of come from school and you do your degree and you come out and then all of a sudden i was pushed back into something where um i hadn't done for years you know, I, I actually went in not through a teaching certificate. I actually went in raw uh, with my degree. Um, and then all I was given a syllabus that I was going to teach. And uh, I thought, oh, my God, you know, like, oh, you know. And and so what, what I did, I actually then, I was going home and going, right, how do you do the colour circle? How do you do the... And so I was actually... I know it sounds silly, but you're actually having to remind yourself of the basics to then take that mm. to them. And that's why I used to do a lot of artwork on my own as well, because it it was that it was like almost teaching myself. You know, I hadn't done things for so long. Um, I started to do almost their course at home to remind myself. Yeah. Um. What other artists do you admire? It's a difficult one because uh, I don't tend to look. I do. I, I, you get things on Pinterest and all that, and I very rarely. Uh, I do look at different work, um, but when I was doing my degree, one of the things that we were taught uh, was that you you shouldn't, you should never be influenced by anybody else. That was, and it became. Uh, almost like a paranoia that you you just do not um look into people um but 
that there are a few people who um, really sort of stand out for me. Um, Robert Rauschenberg um, is a biggie for me. He sort of in in probably in the last few years, he, he was um, an American artist um, who created these massive collages. Um, now he, I think he did screen printing, but but I I saw when I started to do a lot of the pieces to do with architecture and the overlaying and um, sort of montaging drawings together. Um, I, I really looked at his work as a as a starting point because I've never really done anything like that before. So I would say he's probably the most the major major one. Um, the other people were um, I started going to textile shows, uh, the one in Harrogate in particular, and the two people who really stood out for me were Jan Jan Beanie and Jean Littlejohn. Um, and mm -hmm. because at that time they were, I think every every year I went, there was something about them. And what I liked about them was the colour, the use of colour and how they almost took away imagery. Uh, and they're actually probably the opposite of me in a lot of ways. Um, but in my early pieces, I was learning to use colour. And I think they influenced that, influenced that really, you know, a lot. And then I suppose yeah. one other that I've actually got a piece of, um, and again, it's completely different to my work, uh, is Priscilla Jones. I don't know if you've heard of Priscilla. Uh, I met her, um, I actually met her at a, uh, like a trade, an art trade um, thing in York. And she creates, and I think she was the one who started off. I, I, I was trying to look her name up because I couldn't remember her name. And I look at it every day, her piece. Uh, and, you know, all the sort of teacup things where they do. Um, mm. She, I think she was the person who started it off. Because when I met her, it was, it must have been 15 years ago or more. Uh, and I met her at this exhibition and I looked at her work and I thought, oh, my God, that's superb. Textiles, um, putting, you know, fabrics on top of fabrics, bit of machine embroidery. Um, and when I actually looked, tried to look up her name, all these all these people came up and I thought, they're not Priscilla Jones, you know. And it is that thing that <laughs> people get an idea and they go, oh, we like that, you know. Uh, but she, mm. she were, I, I met her and she was absolutely lovely. Um, and I just thought, yeah, sound, sound lady, you know, trying to, like the rest of us, trying to get a footing in, in the textile world or the art world. I remember once going to an exhibition of Miro's work. It was in yeah. uh, North Carolina, which sounds very fancy. But, and I remember <laughs> looking at some of his stuff and thinking a lot of it looked like, because it would be like sculptures put together with bits of cardboard and things. And it did look a little bit, I thought, GCSE mm. art. 
But then I remembered, like, he was, like, the first person to do that. And that's where it becomes more profound, doesn't it? Because, like you say, with Priscilla's work, there are lots of memes that you can sort of see. You know, there's that French style. There's a bit of kind Mm of watercolour. There's a bit of, like, like the free machine kind of thing. And it's stuff that you've seen before. But then she was one of the outliers at the time to do it. Um, Funnily enough, I went to see the Miro exhibition uh, in... I think it was Barcelona um, with with nice. 20 students. I have to say, I, I like you, um, uh, I, 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 after the visit, I wasn't, I wasn't a fan, I have to say. And, and yes, he was one of the ones that, you know, like the mobile, I uh, forgot what, how, what they're called. He, he would have been, but even so, I still struggle with, um, it's funny, isn't it? How certain artists, um, you, I went to see again with, I think with student. No, I think it, when I was at college, went to see Van Gogh, uh, and I had always, because I was sculpture based, and that's what you learn. I'd never really been into paintings, never sort of, um, and and I went to see this. We all went to see this Van Gogh. Oh my God. It, it it is that thing that until you see a set of work, you never really know. You know, it's like uh, mm. the work like David Hockney. If you see some of his work, you will really think, why do they rate him? And yet, but when you when you go and see an exhibition where it, you see all the drawings, all the, and you get that whole uh, lifetime, I suppose of experience it blows your mind do you know what's making me smile sally wilson is that's what people are going to say when they see all your work together (laughs) they ain't got a clue unless they look at the whole thing i promise you it's like you know even just diving through your website you're just like like you said you said it you're like huh huh because it doesn't stack up all the variety that you produce so yeah i think that's a very good metaphor there (laughs) let's do the big questions then um I'm going to posit that I think your favourite band could be the Arctic Monkeys. Darling, one! <laughs> I don't know if I can show you that. <laughs> Arctic Monkeys. She's holding it up. Very good. <laughs> Arctic Monkeys. So have you got a favourite album? Not really. I like their older things. I like their older stuff. I was very lucky that when I first met my other half, um six months into the relationship um he bought me um a trip to new york for something like three days it were only short and we went to see the arctic monkeys at um uh it was like a almost like a warehouse cinema it was like a little event right oh my god it makes me tingle thinking about it it was one of the most <laughs> amazing, amazing experiences. We we were right. We went onto the the, the top upper upper floor, so we were looking over the stage, and the the I loved the music then, but then as they were playing, the everybody on the on the floor, it were it were like mesmerizing how they were moving to the music <laughs> and they were, you know, ah, uh, oh, it was, and I still remember it now. It's just, oh, gosh, 
Um, I'm not. I am. To be yeah. honest, I'm not as keen on their uh, their more recent work. But you see, I, I am. I like the. You see, I like punk music, and I liked a lot of the sort of very. I can't explain. It's a. Uh, it's got rhythm and a bit of beat yeah. to it. You know what I mean? I. It, my wife got me into the Arctic Monkeys because they're definitely her favourite band. And we, we yeah. went to see them at Brixton. And it's one of the few times where I've been to a gig and recorded a thing. Because when they said, when they did, yeah. I bet that you look good on the dance floor. I recorded the whole of that because yeah. I do play it back from time to time because it's just so good. <laughs> but also, it's funny now when you think about their early albums and they're talking about like post-mix Lemonade and Riot Vans yeah. and stuff. And now they're talking about like space casinos and all of those <laughs> sorts of things. You can definitely right. see Alex Turner's like gone yeah. off, hasn't he? Uh, I was reading that uh, one Go of on. the, I think it's the drummer. The drummer has um, recently married a lady in, in America and it, it, your life goes on. It's like it's like me with what my work does. Again, the Arctic Monkeys, they might not be for us or me what I would choose now to listen to um, because it, I suppose in a way the early music was my childhood. So I listen mm-hmm. to those rhythm, uh, to those lyrics, and I go, I did that that was me that was you know and and you have that um recognition i suppose isn't it yeah it's true and their um their new stuff's quite good for the sort of listening to in a car weirdly it's yeah. not very rocky yeah. but it's kind of okay if you're on a yeah. car journey do you listen to music while you work yeah absolutely i love uh i have uh uh i have a lot of punk I have uh, one of my other favorite, and I have a speaker, and I and I, what I do is I play everything on, is it random or mix or something like that? So so no, mm. I don't listen to an album or whatever, and occasionally the wall, one of the wall comes up, and it's really bizarre because it, the wall is supposed to be listened to in its entirety, and it has like it's got a story again. I love stories. It has a story that works through it. Um, but I still like, when it comes up, I think, oh, my God, that is just the best album. Uh, do you have a favourite book? I'm a bit funny with books. Uh, I used to be an avid reader. Uh, God, I used, to, I used to be reading all the time. And then after my head injury, um, I struggled to follow uh uh, so I'll read something and then I come back the next day and I can't remember, can't remember characters. Or, and and I, at the beginning, I started to write down, I had a little list in my book and it had had the name and all that sort of thing. Every time I got to a different bit, I'd write it down. So then when I started the book again and I got to wherever and it just became so hard and I just thought, this this doesn't work. So actually, weirdly enough, since for about last eighteen years, I haven't I haven't really read at all. Um, I have I had favourites. I suppose the one that sticks in my mind was always the Wasp Factory. Uh, Ian Banks was always one that I always, you know, as a you know, and I have probably authors that 
I used to just, every time a new thing came out, I'd have to buy it. So Joanna Harris, I used to love her work. Uh, Rosamond Lupton. Uh, but uh, I think now, I, oh God, I, I even tried, I bought uh, Jack, Jack, because my mum's of the same name, I decided to buy Jacqueline uh, Wilson's uh, children's books. Uh, and right. and I'm, I've been trying to read them because I thought, well, maybe just go back to, you know, kids' books. And I have actually, yeah. I've read one, uh, but I've got a set to read. Um, but no, I actually think um, I just like pictures. So, mm. <laughs> oh, so I have loads of sort, I like illustrations and I like, um, but no, I don't. You know, I would love to read, but I need to find a way to be mm. able to do it. Are there any, like, classic art books? Like, going back to being a teacher again, are there any books that you'd say to your students, this is a book you should pay attention to? Sure. They, they'd study unusual things. So, the, of um, <laughs> animation. Because a lot of my students loved right. animation, um, and quite a few of them went on to do uh, studying it, Um I actually used to buy all the animation. So Admin, uh, which did, I think they did, I can't even remember what adverts they did for now. But uh, so we lean up, I've actually got a stack of videos uh, and no video player. And they're all really good videos. But, you know, so, yeah. Do you have a favourite film? I have a Probably a few, and I haven't watched them for years. Um, my all-time uh, one that really stands in my mind is Train Spotting. Love Train Spotting. Oh, Even nice. took my mum to it. Even took my mum to it, and I think her words were, "It was interesting." I think the words were. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I also like things like Snatch, uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Um, again, um, my Andy, uh, when when I first met him, he was um, a poster printer. He put he printed all the posters for uh, the cinemas, uh, and because he did that, he used to have a card which would allow him to go and see a film every week with somebody else. In the whole time he had that, we never went. And and it's one of those bizarre <laughs> things that, um, because we both said, well, we tend to fall asleep in films, you know. So so we were doing other <laughs> things. We went, you know, we we didn't want to go and see a film. I do struggle with that. Uh, it's the time, I think. It's like I, I watch something on telly mm. uh, and within 10 minutes I've stood up and I've gone elsewhere. I've come back and it's gone to something else. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know what happened. You know, my um, my concentration is pretty poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and then is there an interesting fact about you that nobody really knows? I did think of something. But I've forgotten it. <laughs> I, I did. I did. Well, yeah. Um, I do have one, but probably not very interesting. Um, I've broken. 
uh, I think I've broken about 12 bones in my from childhood through. I was always a, an avid breaker of bones, doing all sorts of things. Whereas my brother was always, um, he always used to have the, have the cuts. Um, so my poor mum has spent a whole, the whole of our childhoods literally uh, taking us to hospital. I'll take a bit of solace in that because my oldest daughter, Flora, she's six. And in February, she went to her third gymnastic lesson and broke her arm. Yeah. So, and she's always like, we have a thing we call doink of the day where she'll bounce off of something with a head or something <clears throat> or other. But she's an avid reader. And if she turns out to be half as creative as you do, that's a trade-off <laughs> I'm willing to accept. <laughs> well, thank you. Um, to be honest, uh, it's just doing, it, it's just be, you know, it was the active life that did it. Climbing trees, uh, ponies, riding ponies, uh, doing all sorts of probably mad things uh, that, that ended up, you know, uh, gave my mum hell at the time. If people want to check out your work, and I can't stress the value of that enough, where should they go? Ooh, uh, there are, I think the main, I think the main place is probably my website, um, which is sallywilson.co.uk. And through that, um, I have, I do have a Pinterest account, which they can look at. Um, I have, I do have an Etsy shop, which I am appalling mm. at. Um, I set that <laughs> up a while ago and, um, I haven't, I haven't done any, I've done very little with it. Um, and then when, when orders have come in, I panic like crazy, um, because then I can't find the things which I've then, I have, I do send, by the way, if anyone buys anything, I do send it. Uh, but I need to sort that out. Um, it's been, um, I think the hard, uh, about two years ago, my uh, my brother had a severe accident, uh, and he he was left paraplegic. Um, and he was a really active lad. He's a fire. He was a firefighter, and so um, he's now living at my mum's. And together, or as three of us, we are dealing with all the things that go with that. So I suppose everything that I would normally do like the Etsy and etc. Um, a sort of little bit grayed, uh, I would say. Um, but if anybody does want to get in touch with me, then if they contact me through my website, um, and uh, you know, if if anyone is interested in anything, just just drop me a line. I think that's the best way to do it. I'm much better with, with yeah. email than anything else. And uh, I do need to learn. I think that's one of the things. Um, but it's so far, it's um, it's not being a priority, I think the word is. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, people can get prints of your work from your Etsy store, knowing full well it might take a little while for them to... You probably just need an assistant. If you had an assistant, then you could go off and just keep making art pieces and someone else could just keep reminding you to have a bit of lunch every now and again. I'll tell you Job what, that would be, would be lovely. 
That would be absolutely lovely <laughs> uh, because it is, um, it's one of those. I, I literally, what I need is a help dog that that is capable <laughs> of uh, packing, labeling up. It, it can then walk me to the and... post box, uh, you know, and uh, and I'd love a dog. So there you go. That would be brilliant. <laughs> uh, Sally, thanks for having a needle exchange with me. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. And what I would like to say is, obviously, I have been a little bit slow on my artwork for, for a little while due to circumstances. Uh, and this has been an absolute buzz. And hopefully it will kick me up the backside and get me back into gear. So thank you, Jamie. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thanks for joining me on another Needle Exchange. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to email hello at needle.exchange. That's N-W-E-D-L dot exchange with any thoughts, comments, or feedback. And if you want to keep up with all the news, sign up to the Needle Exchange mailing list at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Needle Exchange. See you next time. Thanks for joining me on another needle exchange. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to email hello at needle.exchange. That's N-W-E-D-L dot exchange with any thoughts, comments, or feedback. And if you want to keep up with all the news, sign up to the Needle Exchange mailing list at bit.ly bit.ly forward slash needle exchange. See you next time.